and we are live officially on YouTube, the True Christian Ministry Podcast. Guys, we were going to be live at 9, but I want to tell you, I am petty, and I will remind you of this every time you see me. So if someone mentions, are you going to be late? I purposely am then going to be late on that point. Um, I'm... I'm a Christian. I'm not Christ. I'm still trying to get to the point where I'm not petty. So I'm sorry about that. But we are joined, as always, with my brother, J.D., from South Africa, joining us in from his little monsoon over there. By the way, I don't hear the rain anymore, so that's good. Uh, what's up, J.D.? Praise Jesus, bro. I literally just prayed. I was like, Lord, can the can the rain just stop while the podcast is going? And it's just stopped. Literally 4 o'clock, it stopped. There's like no rain. <laughs> so uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Good to see everybody. I've missed you guys so much. Thank you so much for everybody that prayed for my son. He is up and Adam back to being his usual self. Um, and he's, he's running around causing havoc. So he's healthy and happy. God is good. And um, to everybody that got involved with the Bible ministry, it was a huge success uh, this past, past weekend. Many people were blessed with Bibles. Um, with boxes with blankets with water bottles um and just just inspiring a little bit of hope for those who don't have homes so it was a huge success so thank you to everybody that got involved um you are appreciated and loved so good to see you bro what's popping oh nothing much just um you know the normal day of my life of making people upset about something um I'm in the emails right now, Carissa. We're going through all. We're going to be going through the emails today of Q and A and things like that, um, and and knocking out a bunch of these emails that are clogging up my email because I have, yeah, a lot of unread emails in here. So uh, we're going to be going through and knocking these out so I can move them to the folder saying that they've been answered slash you know, uh, uh, I don't know the word I'm looking for responded. Um, but yeah, JD, uh, I just been making people upset. You know, talking about Halloween and whatnot. You know. It's that time of the year mm, mm, where mm. all the Christians are out telling you what a good Christian does and and how everybody else is bad Christians. Um, but <laughs> one day at a time. Oh man, I, you know, I just, I just, I just wanted to mention because I watched it. I actually watched the video twice. Um, it's it's so scary, right? Um, when we look at these, whether or not we're close or not close you know we look at the the signs and what's happening in the world um mark made a video um yesterday or the day before i think it was yesterday about this blonde-haired lady who charges fifty dollars fifty dollars for a one-on-one session and Mm -hmm. um then then this is the defense you don't know a thing about me you don't know anything about me you can ask people i've spoken to uh that's not that's not a good reason guys the the importance of 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 listening to sound teaching in in these in these last days is i can't stress that fact in more right now is the time to really just focus on on getting in sound doctrine don't get caught up with these people that are offering mentorship and healing and life coaching and Whatever the case may be, and charging you fifty bucks for a session—that's that's something you'll never ever find on this page, on Mark's personal page, on my personal page. We don't charge people money. We receive hundreds of questions, and 
people asking for advice and what do I do? Yeah. And this is what I battle with. Yeah. And, and that advice is we pass that advice on through the Holy spirit working through us and we pass it on. And that's what the text says. Nowhere did Paul walk into Antioch and say, yo, get your, get your wallets out. If you want personal mentorship, um, you know, well, so she, uh, so after that happened, she erased her page. And um, Emily here in the comments said she's removed the one-on-one -on -one thing from her link tree as well. So maybe the conviction strung, uh, uh, struck her. Um, a win is a win. So, a win you know, is a win. A win is a win. A win um, is a win. Now if I could just go ahead and get Archbishop Jonathan to, to sit down with me. We shall. Sit down with you. Out. Yeah, I'd love to have a little conversation with him so I could uh, rebuke him face to face. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I don't know if my flesh would be able to handle that. <laughs> so I want to go ahead and go through this uh these emails and see if I can find any um questions here. Uh let's see, let's see. We're gonna start here. Hey Mike, I watch you all the time and really appreciate your ministry. I have a question regarding the apocrypha. In a video I saw recently showed someone reading from one of the gospels and Jesus was quoting scripture. The creator of this video then looked up what scripture he was quoting, and it was from the book of Enoch. It was about there not being wives in heaven. My question is, since Jesus was quoting from Enoch, should we be reading the books taken out of the Bible? I know in a couple other books in the Bible, quoting Jasher as well, I don't want, uh, I don't want to study these books if it will lead me astray, and I would like your opinion on it. Thank you for what you do in your ministry. Great question. And... I want to just go ahead and say this. Jesus does not quote from Enoch. There, the, the, the moment where Jesus talks about the wives, if you actually read from Enoch what people say that's a quote from, it's not even similar. What's similar is like kind of the premise, right? The premise of wives in heaven. That's about it, but it's not a quote. Um, now, mm -hmm. does this mean Jesus is, uh, uh, is unaware of Enoch? Jesus is aware of Enoch. They know about this book at that time, but just because someone quotes from a book in the Bible it does not make that scripture. And here's what I'll show you. Whenever they quote scripture, they say, thus says the Lord, uh, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They make it clear that it's the Lord speaking. Also in Luke 24, if you're listening to this, um, Elena, in Luke 24, we can see what Jesus confirms is the word of God. When he walks the apostles through the, the scriptures about him. And he does so with the law and the prophets, right? He goes to Moses and the prophets. And then in another passage, it talks about the Psalms of David. So we know that that's what they stick to. The Bible quotes lots of stuff. In fact, Paul quotes an Athenian poet. If we look at, is that Acts of the Apostles, I think? Around uh, when he's... Where he speaks about uh, the Cretans always being liars and never having full bellies. Well, he quotes them. Yeah, he quotes the Cretans as well. But I mean, no, no, no. Yeah. When, he, when he's in Athens and he talks about the unknown God, he quotes an Athenian poet in that moment. So just because they yes, quote something yes. wouldn't make it also scripture. I want to throw that out there as well. There are many books that come from the uh, the, the Old Testament days. For example, there's actually books uh, in the Bible that they talk about that we don't know about and we don't touch. They're, they don't exist anymore. There was a book of wars. There's It's nowhere to be found, right? God preserves his word. So if it's something that's spoken about in the Bible and it doesn't exist anymore, then clearly it wasn't God's word. So like there's lots mm -hmm. of things that you're going to hear about in the Bible. The only place that you actually have a quote from Enoch is Jude. 
Jude is clearly referencing Enoch because it's word for word. But he doesn't say, thus says the Lord. He says, like we know about Enoch, right? So he's just referencing a common story that they're aware of, a common uh, uh, history that they're aware of. And that's what they aim at. Did JD freeze? Or is he taking a meditation? And okay. Here we go. Sorry about that. It froze perfectly as if you were meditating. It was just like you like. <laughs> I didn't know what you're doing. Like maybe I made you upset with my with my statement. And you were like, I'm gonna rebuke Mike. I just gotta pray about this real quick because I'm gonna tear, I'm gonna tear him up right now. <laughs> uh, uh, no. But no, so yeah, I mean, I know I went a lot of places with that, but I just wanted to hit a couple things to cover some base knowledge of what is in scripture that makes it like if if you see something quoted in scripture. How do I know if they're quoting scripture? Thus says the Lord, you know, as it was written by your forefathers, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a certain reference to its, its, uh, um, its authority whenever quoted. Yeah, they'll say so. This is, this is the thing. They'll say so. Like uh, Paul will say, as the psalmist or uh, the prophet Isaiah, um, Jesus says the same thing. They'll say who they're quoting. So uh, it's very important. The book of Enoch's not canon. Yeah, I have the book of Enoch. Um, if you want to read it, here's what I say. Make sure you know the Bible first, because this doesn't help you at all with your walk in your faith nor your salvation. Is it cool information? Absolutely, because this is old. Like they did, there are Jews that believe this, but it's not God's word. It's Jews writing down things that they've learned from their fathers, from their fathers, from their fathers. And therefore it goes through things like the telephone game and things like that, not being preserved by God. Um, so, but by all means, if you want to read it, just know that, you're not reading something that has to do with your salvation. Mm, mm. And then also just on marriage, you know, the question on marriage and husbands and wives in heaven. Remember that the marriage covenant that we see on earth is a foreshadow of what's to come. Um, we, we won't need our wives in that way um, when we're in heaven, nor will our wives need their husbands in that way when we're in heaven. You'll be in the presence of the living God. You, there, there is no... The love we we seek, ultimately, that we find in our marriages, and our, especially good marriages that we find in earth, is a foreshadow or a glimpse of what the love is we will be experiencing when we're in the presence of Jesus Christ. So um, I know a lot of people get tripped up over no husbands and wives in heaven. You'll still know each other. You'll still be in communion with each other. You're going to love eternally together. The... <laughs> the love that we experience in, in, in the presence of the living God is what we look forward to not going to heaven with our wives. All right. So next question, I'm going to shoot this one at you, JD. I wanted to Sweet. ask a couple questions. My grandfather who is 98 years old was recently put in hospice care. He is not a believer and basically said it's hogwash and not a chance he'll believe before he dies. Seeds have been planted, but I'm having a hard time letting this go. I know things can change at any time, but I don't know if I'm supposed to keep pushing him or just let it be. Any words of encouragement? That is a That's a great question. And I, I had a similar question just the other day from someone um, here in South Africa as well. Yes, yes, what we have to remember is, is we have to ask the correct questions. Again, 
when it comes to when it comes to communicating the gospel when it comes to how do we how do we share the gospel how do we get the message across most people reject it because of communicated knowledge most people reject the gospel because of their tough questions that they've asked regarding christianity has never been answered ultimately that's what 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 we try and do um, on this podcast and with the tiktok ultimately is answer the difficult questions these questions are legitimate questions and this is the problem most christians aren't uh, trained in apologetics so they can't they can't answer these questions so what i would suggest you do more more than anything obviously a lot of love and 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 present it with a lot of love but if he is still able to speak and comprehend ask him the questions of what happens when he closes his eyes because this is a reality that most people don't want to face but they are fearful of everyone who says who claims that they are not scared of death they're lying they are definitely pondering what happens next is it final is it just a big black hole is there heaven is there hell these are legitimate questions and we have the answers because the bible has given us the answers so definitely don't stop uh, loving and sowing the seeds, but ask the relevant questions. Ask him what happens next and see uh, that will put you on a path of where you'd be able to answer the questions that he is asking internally. No, I, That's yeah, all I got I, to say about that. And, and I'm going to be the one that, that gives the, the, the advice that nobody wants to hear, but sometimes it's necessary to hear it. Um <laughs> You have to understand that if he does reject it until the moment that he ends, it's not your fault. That person chooses to reject it, and, and that's between them and God. And we know that God is just, and we know that God is fair, right? Uh, well, at least like to the fact that he will have had every opportunity, right? Because God's actually not fair because he lets us even into heaven. That's unfair for him. It's, it's a blessing for us, but he is just. And we know that everybody has an opportunity. No man has excuse. So I agree with what JD said. Um, love, love and love. It's not about uh, like you worded saying, keep pushing. Don't push at all, but comfort, comfort, not push. Yeah. Um, then she followed up with, I also, I wanted to know, or I wanted to ask if you do Santa or the Easter bunny or anything like that in your house. I never did growing up and I don't want to with my kids, but my husband and his family think that they are missing out. If we don't do those things, I wholeheartedly don't like the idea of any of it. Do you have any advice on this matter? Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I've been told I'm <laughs> overreacting. Oh man. I almost finished that uh, thing off. So uh, I'm sure JD's got an opinion on this. Here's what I'll say. Uh, we don't do the Easter Bunny in our house at all. And we only do Santa for the very, very youngest because that's what they're doing at school. He comes home like, all right, cool, whatever, bud. And once he's able to comprehend it, like, no, that's yeah, obviously not true. Um, but we don't talk about it. It's not a big thing that we're really worried about. The, the, at the end of the day, if your husband wants to and you don't, that's a, this is something you need to sit down with him about. And, and this is a thing that you both need to come across. And because if you are truly convicted, then you're right, you shouldn't. But at the same time, that isn't something that, the answer is never going to be, hey, who cares what he says? Stand on your morals because it's your husband. Same thing I would say to him if he was in here. That's your wife. Y'all need to go sit down and talk. Y'all need to come to terms on this and understand. At the end of the day, you guys are a union. 
and you have to agree on things and, and hash it out. And sometimes it's a little rough. Sometimes you might disagree on things. Um, but explain to him why you don't like it. And, and at the end of the day, your, your job as a wife is to submit to him, but he is also called to submit to you. And this is something that y'all have to definitely uh, approach. Mm. Mm, yeah, your kids won't be banned by doing anything like that, though. Like, let me. There's millions of kids that do it. Like, I grew up in one of the most stingiant houses ever. My mom would never allow any witchcraft. We weren't allowed to watch Harry Potter, all that. But we still did Easter baskets. We didn't even talk about a bunny. It was all about Jesus. But we did Easter baskets, and we looked for eggs. Never talked about a bunny, right? So, like, everybody's different, right? My my parents uh, uh, were very strict about all that stuff. You know, we 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 don't even do Easter baskets, really. I think we've done them like once, mainly because someone bought them for the kids already pre-made. Like we just usually give them some candy. Um, but yeah, it's it's people get so caught up on these objects. And actually, I just posted a video that's been processing for like an hour. So hopefully it's up before this is over, talking about what really matters in our walk and not focusing on one day out of the year and like, oh my gosh, should I do this? Mm-hmm. yeah for me like the the in our house we don't celebrate any 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 holidays um we we do um christmas time we do make it about the birth of jesus we do focus it around jesus we do focus it on giving to one another and and the importance of of how how it is more important to give than it is to receive so we make it about a season of giving and giving back to those who don't have um but here's the thing and i'm just going to leave this out there obviously there are going to be people who disagree with me but here's why um when my kids came uh, especially and i'll use the youngest now um aaron and jordan um they're they're six they're six years old and when they came and asked about santa claus um and the easter bunny um i told them the truth i said there is no such thing as santa claus or the easter bunny um these things are made up um, to give you guys something to look forward to. Um, and the reality is why you should tell your children the truth and not let them hear the truth from anyone else is because you'll be identified as the liar. And here's what I've seen. Um, I've seen a lot of teenagers turn away from God simply because their parents spent their whole childhood uh, lying to them, lying about the tooth fairy, lying about the Easter bunny, lying about Santa Claus, lying 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 and then ultimately eventually they get to the age where they can understand something and then you're like oh by the way uh jesus christ is god um he died on the cross for your sins and what happens is in that child's mind this is no much this is no no different than any other fairy tale you've told them and this is why we've got teenagers on tiktok today talking in the, in the language of sky daddy and things like that because to them jesus christ isn't real he is as real as the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus or whatever the case may be. So um, the importance of, of always telling your children the truth, if they, ask a, if they ask a question that desires that where they're desiring the truth, give them the truth. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't lie to them. Um, no matter how, how innocent you think the lie is, don't lie to your children. Um, if your children are capable of asking a question that demands an answer give them the answer we as parents have got this misconception that we decide when our children get the truth if they're capable of the answer uh, the question then they're capable of hearing the answer so i just want to throw out there also 
when it comes to, to our children, ladies and gentlemen, I care a lot more about the 364 other days of the year, though. At the end of the day, if that's the only thing we're talking about, then that's a problem. Every day, we should be living as Christians in the presence of our children, setting an example as Christians in the... Because I'm going to tell you this right now. No matter what you do on Christmas, if you don't live like a Christian for the rest of the year, <laughs> Christmas don't mean nothing. Christmas, whether you believe, whether you have Santa or Jesus, if you're not acting like a Christian and walking like a Christian January through November, your children see you. If you're the parent that's abusive, yelling, screaming, painful, cheating, drunk, etc., but then on Christmas, you get what I'm saying? This is why I'm so mm. furious with these conversations about these holidays. Like, yo, we need to be focused on every day of the year and not a couple days. Yeah, you know what? If someone in that house over there is doing something I don't like, oh well. Like. Every day of the week, every day of the year, we should be teaching our children about who Jesus is. Because if you only teach them about Jesus on Christmas, then you are going to get the idea like, well, if Santa's fake, Jesus is fake. No matter what the situation yeah. is. Like, so mm. don't teach Jesus the way you would teach Santa, even if you do teach Santa. Jesus is every day. Um, JD, I got another question Amen. I think would be a great one for you to start on, uh, because I think that people love you because of the way love pours out of you. So I think you might have a better way of approaching this. Um, the question is uh, from Katie, what is the best way slash ways to put into practice slash apply scripture every day and to truly be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And then she put how to be a blessing to others. So basically how do we, what is the best way to give what 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 advice can you give people for them to be best at applying this and being this rather than just knowing it? I'm gonna let you answer that while yeah. I uh get one more Tylenol. I didn't take two, so I'm gonna take a second one. <laughs> so so here's the thing. This is a daily struggle, but the best advice, the best advice I can give you, and and, and something that I've learned over time is to be slow to speak. Um, most people don't feel heard. Um, and again, this is not about feelings or emotions, but most people aren't getting the, the way they feel and the way they struggle. Uh, they're not getting that message across um, out of fear of judgment. So to be, when I look, when I read the Bible and I see the way Paul imitates Christ, um, and we are told in 1 Corinthians 11 to do to be imitators of Paul as Paul is an imitator of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to give us the instructions on how we ought to walk, how we ought to talk um, and how we ought to behave in, in public sectors, how we ought to speak to our brothers and sisters in Christ. And one of the one of the instructions that comes across more than anything else is is speaking less and listening more. So. Um, to be an effective, to effectively be a doer of the word rather than just a speaker of the word is to be silent when you feel the need to speak. Um, and, and sometimes the silence um, invites someone to, to ask a relevant question. And it, it gives them that freedom to know, okay, I'm going to speak to so-and-so, I'm going to speak to Mike, I'm going to speak to JD, and I know they're going to listen to what I have to say because... They're not, they're not out there to try and be the better Christian. This is this is something Mike and I, we we both, you know, especially when we have our, Mike and I's private conversations, if you guys, you know, uh, this is the way we speak on the podcast is the way we speak to each other in private. It's not like, it's not like we come here and we, 
put on a suit and tie and we try and be something we're not. The same way we speak in private is the way we speak on the podcast. Um, and ultimately, we want to see people trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. We want to see people trust in the finished work of the cross. It's got nothing to do with who's doing it better, who knows more, who's this, who's... We, we, we constantly check each other so we don't get puffed up um and and ahead of ourselves and this is this is ultimately why it is important to in order to be a doer of the word of god it tells us that we need to have brothers and sisters that are like-minded um and what does he say to us in philippians 127 that our conversation is always surrounded about it's always surrounding the gospel and the good news so if we speak it's always about how good god is um and, and I'll give you a simple example. A while ago, I was going through some, some stuff and, and Mike just, you know, reminded me about the power of prayer and why our prayers, um, if we ask for something and we believe that we've asked that, then God will come through. And just simply applying what he gave me, he gave me the advice he received and he passed on that advice. I was able to implement that advice and God did, in fact, answer a few of my prayers um, simply because I said, OK, I'm putting my faith in this. And I'm not going to I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm going to put my faith in this. I'm going to trust this. And the message came at the right time. So God will speak through us when the time is right, if we allow him to. And this comes this comes down to obedience and people. Oh, there they go. They're preaching works again. No, it's not what we're doing. But if you are obedient, the same with an obedient child, <laughs> obedient children get rewarded. Um. And, and this is this is something people don't like to hear. But if you are obedient to the word, if you're obedient to the scriptures, God does reward us for this. So want to interject because I saw this comment real quick. If you're new here, we have a Discord server. Um, I'm not selling anything. This is 100% free. We have a Discord server that's literally built for people to have fellowship because I know a lot of Christians are seeking fellowship online. So you end up on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter and is that my computer? Whatever. Uh, you end up on all these places where everybody's fighting, everybody's angry, everybody's uh, at each other's throats, and it's not really fellowship. It's constant defense. So what we did is we set up this Discord server that's built for one reason, Trinitarian Christians who believe Jesus is God. Like there's, we have a criteria, obviously, like what do we call a Christian? And our confession of faith is on there. So you can read it and say, you know what? I don't like it. I'm not down with it. But mainly it's saying, as long as you don't, leave these boundaries. We're not going to argue about anything. We can have difference of opinions on baptism and difference of opinions on laying on hands or head wrap. Like all, you can go down to all the secondary issues in the world. It's a place for you guys to have fellowship. We have men's groups and women's groups with individual uh, studies. We also have um, uh, co-ed groups. Um, if you're interested, we have people in the comment section that will help you. We have great moderators. We have mentors. We have a discipleship program. We have fellowship. We have people watch movies together. Gaming, which gaming is going to probably start getting pushed up because I got a lot of people that love games that might want to be a part of it. Regardless, what I'm saying, though, is go join the Discord server. Link is in the description of every single video, um, either in my link tree or in just by itself. And um, yeah, just make sure you put in the application that you found us uh, through the YouTube uh, uh, podcast because we do have an application because we are about protecting the church and and we have a we have a church in there that's fifteen hundred human beings like it's not like I want it to be but <laughs> you know I don't like people to think it's the church but regardless it's it's the church people and therefore we we are protective yeah. of the server. 
Um, but all right, let me go ahead and add my two cents to that question, JD. Um, the bold answer, the blunt answer that I would say is just do. Don't be a hearer, be a doer, right? Uh, JD gave you the right answer, and I'm just going to be the older brother. Like at the end of the day, get up and say, today I'm going to live for Jesus. I guarantee you, if every morning you make it a, a goal to remind yourself that I'm living for Jesus today and you keep him on your mind, it will change how you live. The reason why we often slip and stumble into the wrong way is what? We stop thinking about Jesus. And then even though he's there, he fades behind something. He fades behind work. He fades behind hobbies. He fades behind the TV show I'm watching. He fades behind the stressors of my life. He fades behind my bills. And because he fades behind those things, we end up in a slump because then we're dealing with all these things. We get overwhelmed. Ah, and then we turn back to the Bible a week later, whatever, and we feel so great because we're finally nourishing ourselves. Do that every day. Every day, keep him at the forefront. If you talk about Christ every That's day, deep. think about Christ every day, and focus on Christ every day, you will be transformed from a hearer to a doer because you will be transformed by the Holy Spirit. He does that. So really, really, JD, the biblical answer is you don't go from hearer to, to doer. Set your mind on Christ yeah. and he'll make you a doer. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, I think that's exactly where you got up to get Tylenol because that's, that's exactly what I said at the end. If we're imitators, if we're imitators of Paul as he is of Christ, these things come naturally. Um, and and this is this is one of the biggest biggest struggles I see within young Christians is is constantly getting despondent because they slip into a certain sin on a certain day. Like if you're focused on the sin, if you're focused on it, it's going to it's going to have dominion over you. Uh, Mike made a video about this probably about six or eight months ago with the, you know, the uh, you use the analogy of uh, a turtle, a rabbit or Oh man, I can't remember oh, it exactly. Nature, but yeah, yeah, a, a rabbit yeah, and yeah. a uh, vulture. There we go. There we go. There we go. And and that's that's that. Go back. <laughs> I don't know where it is. On you'll TikTok, never find it. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's that's exactly it. If you're a slave to sin, you're going to be obedient. If we are no longer slaves to sin, we're slaves to righteousness. We're slaves to Christ. Oh, that's it. Okay. Didn't know if you were at the end of your uh, statement at that point. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, uh, ooh, let me see. I just lost it. I'm sorry. Where's it at? Where's that? This is a good. This is a. This is okay. This is going to be a little bit of a. This one's going to be. Woo. Okay, Jody. I'll let you take this first. Can you tell that I'm not excited for this one? And mainly, it's because of the <laughs> fact that. It's mainly because this one's going to be deep because this one is like, this is important. This is a moment where our answer is really important. You'll understand what I mean. I was baptized in a Mormon church and I had followed Mormon teachings all of my, most of my life, but I was always told that we were Christians and I feel like I lean more to Christianity, but I also follow my Mormon commandments. What should I do? Sure. Wow. Yeah, I get, I, mean? I get why you weren't. Yeah, I get why you weren't amped for that. Um, I was. Very I was important. told as a kid that. Yeah, I mean, I was. I was told as a kid that I'm the most handsome boy in the world. Um, 
So, you know, we're, we've all been lied to. Um, that's that's where I'm going to start. <laughs> um, but we, we, we absolutely, you know, we have to compare. We have to compare. You have to compare apples with apples. Um, and you have to take what you've learned from the Book of uh, Mormon and you have to compare it to the Scriptures. Um, what do we see? What do we see from Galatians 1 and Galatians 3 is that there is nothing outside of the canon. And this is the problem. Joseph Smith and his ordinances and his commandments came well after, well, well, well after the canon was already closed. So the only thing I can suggest you do um, and the most truthful answer I can give you is to scrap everything you've been taught and start again. Because you have been lied to. Uh-huh. So I think JD points out something that's an incredible thing that we have to do. When we start looking at our faith, we cannot stand on the foundation that's already built because we don't know if that foundation is solid or not. I've 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 shared this before that this is actually the main focal point of the book that I'm writing. That I don't know when I'll be finished it because I'm never able to stay on focus of something. But um the main goal is to talk about how in order for me to properly reevaluate my faith when I left the Catholic Church, I had to tear down my foundation before building up a new foundation. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, this is how construction works. There's demo that comes in first. No matter what, you got to demo what's there. You got to get it out of the way. This is this is a number one thing that must be done because that old stuff is is bad for the area. It's not it's going to get in the way. It's going to cause issues. And the same thing goes with our foundation in Christ. Here's what I want to say to you. First and foremost, uh, uh, from my understanding, the Mormon commandments are just the Ten Commandments. So if that's if that's the case, when you're saying I still follow the Mormon commandments, like nothing is wrong with the commandments that are the Ten Commandments. My concern is this: if you read the Bible and you believe the Bible, then Deuteronomy 18 tells you that if there's anyone who speaks a false prophecy, they do not speak for God. And there is proof that John, uh, uh, John, did I forget his name? Joseph, Joseph Smith spoke false prophecies. He had the prophecy of the one guy that was going to go on a mission that ended up dying a month later. So he, the prophecy never got fulfilled. He said Congress was going to fall in like 150 years. That date passed long ago. Uh, you know, the country was going to fall. Um, a certain amount of land was going to be given back to the LDS church, et cetera, et cetera. He has quotes where he says things such as, um, you know, he's better than Jesus. He said, Ab mm -hmm. Abraham, Adam, uh, David, and even Jesus, none of them could keep their people together. No one has ever left me. Um, he said that his book is better. He said the Book of Mormon is the best book ever to read beyond the Bible. So when you see this, before we even touch the Book of Mormon, if we truly love the God of the Bible, and this man comes later contradicting it in every facet, I shouldn't even want to take anything he says as far as being serious. I know that when you read the Book of Mormon, you get the burning in the bosom. Can I tell you why you get the burning in the bosom? Because it does use scripture. It literally paraphrases, uh, uh, plagiarizes the Book of Isaiah and rips apart all types of stuff that you find from scripture. And this is why when you read the Book of Mormon, it has a ring to it. Like it's scripture. It feels like you're reading scripture sometimes. Even when yeah. I read the Book yeah. of Mormon yeah. once, I was like, oh, that I don't want to like that. Why did that sound so good? And I was like, that sounds familiar. It's because it's plagiarized. It's most of it is that. Yep. Who came first? Focus on what the Lord has commanded and know who you're following. 
Joseph Smith is a person, so they, therefore you can know him by his fruits. And here's the thing that I'm going to give you one last understanding on. When it comes to leaders, prophets, uh, uh, kings, whatever it may be, when it comes to someone that's this person that you're following for your faith, there's no such thing as, well, they did good on these other times, or, well, they did this too, because I've pointed out false prophecies, and I've seen Mormons straight up be like, well, you need to give his body, you need to read the Book of Mormon, though. Wait, that's not how it works. If this person is lying, like Paul says in Galatians 1, let them be accursed. I don't, there's nothing yeah. else after that point. That's that's where people need to be able to draw the line. The problem I see with a lot of Americans, and not just, and I said Americans for a reason, because even the LDS, it's American. Uh, it's like the mm, progressive mm, churches. Mm. It's like the, uh, the, the prosperity churches. Christians will know something is wrong, but they really want what comes with this thing. So they'll be like, well, I mean, their hearts, this is why so many people defend false prophets. Because if that false prophet is true, they're going to speak some good things into my life. So you want them to be true. So even though they lie, someone will step up and be like, well, Mike, like their, their intention is good, Mike. You don't know them. <laughs> Just, I mm. had to go back to that one. Yeah. You don't know them. You don't know me. My intent, you, I mm. love Jesus. Mm. They try, because that makes mm. you be like, well, me too, right? Like, I don't want to be upset with you and you love Jesus. I love Jesus, but it's not the same Jesus. And we must. And therefore. Our eyes straight. Oh, Yes. Sammy, we're well. I'm trying to be loving in this response because I know this person is right now being pulled in two different directions. So I'm, I, I'm sure she knows at least what I feel about Mormonism if she's come here because my my TikTok videos are pretty blunt. I've made a lot of Mormons dislike me because I'm very blunt about it. But I'd rather offend a Mormon out of a lie to bring them to the truth than comfort them in their temple of Satan. So they're like, "Well, Mike said I'm good. Never. I will never." It is not Christianity. It is a lie. It it poses itself as Christianity. Their website presents itself as the same gospel we preach. But when you dig deeper, it's a completely different religion. It is disgusting. Oh, gosh, and I, and I yeah. love you guys enough to say, I love you, Mormons. I do. And I love your love for Christ because you are seeking something. You are seeking him, but you've allowed someone to misguide you. And as Second Timothy says, you've been captured by Satan to do his will. So I, I please, I pray that you um, join our Discord. I'd love for you to come over there. If you're listening, Angel, uh, I don't want to say your name, actually, because I don't know if you wanted yeah. to share. But I, I would love for you to join our Discord. Come yeah. out with us and get to know brothers and sisters in Christ that care about you. Yeah. Oh. yeah and, and and the final thing I want to just add on that is 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 the question we ask, and, and I've had conversations with people that that are of, of different religions, and I, uh, the first question you ask them is, are they willing to deconstruct? Are they willing to put everything they have, everything they've been taught, are they willing to put it on a table and look at the evidence against the claim? Because even we as Christians and anyone who and Mike will tell you the same thing. If you've if you're comfortable with apologetics, people can come with claims against Christianity. And we're we're more than happy to have a conversation about your claims because we know we serve the living God because there's only one empty tomb, baby. There is only one empty tomb. So I'm reading this question and it's and, and I want to see if I get it right. So I'm just going to read the whole thing and let's find out. Um, oh, never mind. I think he was just making a statement. Let me see. No, no, no. It, it ends up with a question, 
Um, so I'll read it because I think some people might feel this way sometimes because of how blunt I can be in videos. So let's just read it. I was watching your page right now at 12.31 a.m. And one of your videos made me think that all my life I was not really a Christian. And I'll stop there and just say it is 100% possible that one of my videos may have made someone feel that way. And let me just stop for a moment and I want to say something. It's actually okay if you've never been a Christian your whole life. You want to know why? Because nobody is saved based on yesterday. And I think that the reason why sometimes when I tell people this, that you weren't really a Christian, people dig their heels in because they feel embarrassed about admitting that. And instead of just coming to the truth today, it's like, no, I, I was, I was. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't believe all the things that, uh, what, what, what? If my videos ever make you feel like, wow, I, I've been following the wrong thing. It's okay. Today is the day of salvation. Today Praise is Jesus. the only day that matters. So I want you to hear that. Praise Jesus. Because I'm sure Praise Jesus. there are some people that have tuned into one of my videos and been like, well, maybe I haven't been following Jesus. And that's okay. Because <laughs> today you can. <laughs> he says, I do Amen, think man. that God is the only way, but I do like the worlds a lot. And I can see that in myself. And, and so this is my first time reading the entire message. So it might just be a, a battle internally with the things of the world that he loves. And I like my friends' games and everything. I like a lot of things. I have a lot of fun doing it, but I, it just doesn't feel good. I just feel this loneliness in my heart, and I just can't get rid of it. And mm. I'm going to be real. I did not know the gospel. So there's there's the issue. That's fine. We're going to go. pretend. Get Yesterday some. doesn't matter. He says, I reject a lot of people that try to get me to God by saying, I'm just not ready. And I put myself, my, put my, self-excuse over and over again and i just can't get over with the question that why am i why and i embarrassed or i don't think it's the right time to talk about god the point i want to say is that it will be wonderful if you can make a video about helping people like seek god and how to get rid of embarrassment and overthinking thank you if you take your time reading this so i don't know if you watch this uh podcast and i hope you do and if you don't I'm going to respond to you in an email because I see something genuine here. You're really asking some questions. You're saying things that I wish people would be open to speak about. Mm, mm. First of all, I love you if you're listening to this, uh, but a lot of the things that you're battling with are not special. Uh, uh, many of us deal with these same things. The concern for me was when you said you didn't know the gospel, but guess what? It sounds like you probably know it now. Because most likely you were on my page, you were watching the videos. And if I, if I ever say that people don't know the gospel, that same video, I, I guarantee I declare the gospel. So I'm hoping that that's what you heard. And I hope that you've put your faith in it. And I hope that the reason why this question isn't asking, how do I get saved? But rather, how do I properly seek God and get rid of embarrassment is you're trying to get on that journey. Tonight, we've answered that question a, a few times, technically. We've talked about things like walking with the Lord, fellowship with others that will keep you accountable. Um, and I just wanted to encourage you to join us. If you have no one, find somebody, find a group somewhere, people that will love you. And I don't mean love you because they want something from you, love you and want nothing from you, but want to give you everything as far as love, outpouring grace. Um, you're not alone. A lot of people misunderstand things. There's a lot of people out there right now pretending to really know the gospel that are scared to admit, I don't know the gospel. This is why JD and myself and Justin repeat the gospel yeah. so much because there's a lot of Christians who are scared to say, yeah. I don't know what the gospel is. 
You know how I know that? Because yep. I'm a street preacher and I talk to Christians all the time. Hey, what's the gospel? Invite Jesus into your heart. No, that's not. That's that's one of the things I got told this weekend, by the way, JD. That wasn't me making that up. That was literally uh, a response. Yeah, I, I get that one too. I get that one all the time. I yeah. asked her, why did you invite him in though? Can we talk about that? I digress. Let me go back to the to our brother <laughs> that's, that's listening in. Hopefully, I really hope you're listening in. Um, but I'm going to focus on the response to you in an email. But uh, yeah, JD, what would you say to someone that's really trying to get past that beginning stage of it's like the flesh is rejecting, but the spirit is willing? Yeah, that that's that's a tough one. It's a tough one because it this varies from person to person, and this this completely depends on your hunger. This 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 completely depends on your hunger for the truth. Um, and not everybody is meant to go out and evangelize. This is this is, um, you know, although we see the instruction, we know that not everybody is meant to teach. Not everybody is meant to get up on a platform and and proclaim the gospel. So, evidence evidence for the change in you would be the fruit in you and people will see a, a change in behavior you're not you're not cussing as much you're not you're not drinking you're not going out to the clubs whatever the case may be but when we believe the gospel the holy spirit indwells us we are sealed with that holy spirit of promise and again the change is inevitable anyone who's truly believed the gospel does not remain the same it is impossible for someone to come to Christ and the knowledge of the truth and stay stuck in the mud. You, you are free. The shackles are off. So what will happen is there will be evidence for this change. And people will respond to the evidence of the change more than they will to your words. Hear me today. People don't like hearing this. People respond to the evidence of change, not I can tell you about the change I'm going through, or they will respond to actually seeing the change you're going through. That's, and I've seen more and more people convert to Christianity or come to the knowledge of the truth and believe the gospel because of the fruit of family members who have been saved, not because the family members have preached to them, but because of the fruit in their family members. Awesome. Awesome. Get Let's some. Going. Uh, let me see. I, I'm, I'm these questions. Some of these I haven't read yet, so I'm going to go. I'm going to read it and we'll see what it is. I recently DM'd you on Instagram. Not sure if you would even see it, but I followed your TikTok account for a while and I love to hear you teach and your explanations about the word. Recently, all over my TikTok, I've seen things about pre tribulation rapture and post tribulation rapture, which has been very mind boggling because literally <laughs> all my life, I've always heard about the rapture but never really thought about it before or after tribulation. I just want to hear what you think. And of course, I am relying on the word of God, but how you explain things really helps me. God bless you. And may God continue to shed his light on you. So um, they'd be trying to get me, JD. I told you, you know what? I didn't plan for this. To be this way, I'll tell you this right now. The way I've set it up, if I ever decided to discuss eschatology, I could sell that as pay-per-view. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars <laughs> per viewer, bro. Fifty dollars per viewer. Yeah, let's um, let's get that done. So, <laughs> okay, from on this channel, in order for us to discuss eschatology, it's gonna cost fifty bucks per head. Stop it! Stop it! Someone's gonna clip it. <laughs> so actually, I can answer your question without without breaking my own rule because here's the truth: 
He says that it's mind boggling because the truth is a lot of people are discussing things that do not matter. I'll let JD answer this in an eschatological way because he's, he has no problem discussing eschatology. And I know the day is coming where I'm going to do it, but I really am trying to, because this is why. So this is also an example of why I try and stay away from it because there are people that find hope in this page that will stop listening when me and JD start talking about eschatology. Because maybe because of my eschatology, maybe because of JD's eschatology. Maybe we have the same, maybe we yeah. have different regardless. And then that's someone that's not getting the love of Christ that we're trying to pour out to people. Uh, 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 I'm not a fan of it. So here's my response to this question. Whether it's pre-trib or post-trib, ask yourself, why would it matter in the first place? Right? Why would it matter? Because at the end of the day, a lot of people in America act like the tribulation is something that we would never be able to handle and this, this, and that. But this whole entire world is full of Christians who are facing tribulation every day. We have Christians that are being killed in North Korea, killed in Afghanistan, killed in Pakistan, killed in Palestine, mm -hmm. killed in mm -hmm. Africa every single day, right? That, that's, this is not new. Children being arrested for Christianity, right? So this idea about this, uh, you know, what if we have... To, Sorry, I thought I heard my doorbell for a second. I'm about to be like, what? Um, hmm. It's a fear thing. Christians love to talk about stuff and, and, and fear things. Here's my opinion. The word of God says that if you plan for tomorrow, if you talk about tomorrow, we'll do this. Tomorrow, we'll do this. That you are ignorant and you are actually blaspheming God because your arrogance thinks that you have tomorrow. Don't you know that your life hmm. is but a vapor? It is if the Lord wills, hmm. I have tomorrow. I'm a firm believer that all of us, should live every day as if this is the last day for me to breathe. Because here's the thing. A lot of people think they're going to be here for the rapture. And you know that that's actually been a negative thing. What I mean by that is, do you want to know why Christianity, you don't see a lot of Christianity legacies where people build up their family and their grandchildren? Because most Christians think they're going to get raptured. Over the whole entire course of history, most Christians have thought, I'm the last one. I don't need to plan for my grandchildren. Treat every mm, day as if mm. it's your last day to live and treat the future as if you want to set up your grandchildren for something. That's my opinion. Right. And, and, yeah. and at the end of the day, um, you guys can believe what you want. I do have a belief. My belief won't change your life. My belief won't save you. My belief won't help you because here's the truth. Nothing about eschatology can help you for tomorrow because today is the day of salvation. People will argue with me, Mike, we need to be able to teach the people this so that they know what the hope for. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 fine and dandy. Mike's not here to teach people that. Mike's here to preach the gospel. Amen. In fact, I've Amen. shared my eschatology with several people. It's that I don't do it publicly. I think JD knows my eschatology. I'm pretty sure I told you it. Um, Justin mm -hmm. knows it. Um, individuals that have emailed me know it. In fact, this person might get a response from me telling them my eschatology. Um, because I don't have a problem yeah. sharing it with anybody. I just don't do it publicly to open up time for debate. Yeah. And and this is this is exactly it. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, various reasons why I do. Um, those who have come to my TikTok lives, I've explained it in detail. I'm not going to get into it now for, for time's sake. Um, so we can get through more questions, but there are various reasons why I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Um, and at the end of the day, if someone says to me, oh, well, uh, you know, this and this and that and the other thing, and I'm like, that's cool, bro. Uh, however it pans out, however it pans out, it's got nothing to do with salvation. How you think this is going to end or how you have come to what you have taken from the scriptures or what you have drawn and what conclusions you have come to, it's got nothing to do with believing the gospel of Jesus Christ nothing 
absolutely zip, nada, no, nothing. So if people get bent, I know people that have uh, gotten bent out of shape because of the, the pre-tribulation rapture. They are setting dates every, every year. They're setting dates. They're getting on live streams. There was a lady on TikTok just this year. You know, who got a whole posse together. They were all sitting on the live stream waiting to disappear and their earphones were just going to fall on the table as they were raptured away. And they were so convinced because they had taken the numbers and this and that in the Bible and they'd figured it out and they'd figured out the return. No one knows the day nor the hour. No one knows. No one knows. And what we are to, what we are told to do, and this is this is exactly, and I'll close with this, just on this specific subject. We are told, to be consistent, preach the gospel in season and out of season. That's what we are told to do. Nowhere does Paul give Timothy, and he says, and Timothy, uh, and finally, before I leave, make sure you tell everybody about the rapture. No, we see Paul break it down for the church at Thessalonica. We see him mention something in 1 Corinthians 15, but we don't see Paul give this as instruction to those who are wondering no not at all, all that's right. it i'm down right. i'm laughing at the comments with everybody's talking about how they're all about to start setting sending me emails and whatnot we should totally plan an episode where we pre-record us getting raptured and we and we play it so they think <laughs> that it happened on the live obviously i just told them so it wouldn't work but you know um okay Let's go ahead and get to the next question. This one looks pretty heavy as well. Oh, 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 man. Okay. This is one of our listeners from South Africa because we actually have a lot of listeners from South Africa. Um, they said, firstly, I admit that I brought this upon myself. I trusted a man's words over what the Bible suggests. So I met a guy and we were of different beliefs. When he initially proposed, I made it clear to him that I was never going to compromise my faith belief for anything, including our relationship. So I'm already seeing where this question is going. So I'm obviously going to leave this person's information private, but I also want people to hear this because JD and I have talked about the importance of being equally yoked and how you can tell yourself so many things, but once it gets into that, things mm -hmm. can change. Mm -hmm. It sounds like she's admitting that she didn't take the word of God's advice on this. And now she's in a predicament. Now, does that mean God's abandoning her? No. Does that mean, um, you know, uh, that we're going to be like, well, your fault. No, of course we're going to help as much, as much as we can. I'm hearing my Discord go off. I have a weird feeling I'm getting hit up on Discord about my eschatology as well. Um, so she met the guy. Uh, she told him I will not compromise my faith uh, or anything, including our relationship. Then we had an agreement that myself, I can continue with my belief after marriage and even raise our kids in it until they are old enough to make their own decision. I also thought it's possible since they also read the Bible and all. So now the family still practices African spirituality, if I can put it that way, because according to them, I cannot be married to the son until I have been introduced to the ancestors of their, of their family. It's a whole ritual that takes place with slaughtering and everything. The family now refuses to acknowledge the agreement we had with my partner, and I believe we are already married as I brought it up with God and both parents had blessed it in the beginning. Now, with the pressure from his family, he has now forced me to choose between compromising just to get, get it over and done with or calling it quits. I decided to leave then because I feel like I'm being forced to choose man over Christ. But now I'm conflicted because of what the Bible says about divorce. And also in the book of Matthew chapter 10, it doesn't 
also state that the wife that loves the husband more than God is not worthy. I'm only 24 and the Bible says if a white leaves her husband, she should remain unmarried. Okay, so immediately, let me tell you this right now. Do not choose a man over Jesus. Look at me, my sister in Christ. I pray you're listening to me. And if you're not, I will email you. First Corinthians chapter seven. I don't have my Bible open, but we're going to open it up and re read it together right now. You can talk, JD. Do something. So it's not weird as I'm opening up. <laughs> you can talk. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let you address that first of all. I'm just, I'm just reading the chat. Sorry. <laughs> People are still buzzing over this eschatology thing. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter guys however it pans out man however right. it pans out hey, hey. this is why we don't talk about it because look they're already doing it all right first corinthians yeah. 7 a sister in christ let's get serious i want you to hear something um there it is to the rest i say i not the lord that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him he should not divorce her if any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife and the unbelieving wife is made holy because of her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. For how do you know, excuse me, for how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that, yes, if they want to get married and you want to get married, even though they're an unbeliever and you probably shouldn't be with them, whatever, if they, if this is what's going to happen, then you stick firm to it because you made a covenant. And even though they're not in the covenant with God, you're in a covenant with God. However, if an unbeliever leaves you, then you are free to let your peace return unto you. So, if he wants to leave, like he said, you said he does, let him go, my sister in Christ. You are not enslaved to him. You are free to be free. There is no condemnation for the body of Christ. You are free to find someone that is equally yoked to you. Focus on the Lord. Don't go looking for that. But um, you are not wrong. Do not compromise. So we read a lot of things about how a man and a woman should be in scripture. That is between a man of God and a woman of God. Like, for example, wives submit to your husbands that's not to a man who's not a man of god if you're married to an atheist or, an, or a spiritualist or anything like that you are not called to submit to him spiritually you're called to be respectful you're in a marriage of course like we're still called to that um yes samantha if if a man sa's you he's not a believer if a man sa's you he's not a believer when Paul says the unbelieving spouse, I don't care what a person says. Anybody can say I'm a Christian while they beat you. I can tell my wife, I love Jesus and hit her with elbows. Who? What should she believe, my words or my actions? If I walk through a vineyard and there's 50 trees and one of them is covered in mold, but the sign in front of it says, perfectly good tree, you gonna eat that apple covered with mold? Or are you going to trust your eyes? Know them by their fruits, not by the proclamation at which they say. So if a man essays you, a man beats you, a man hurts you, that's not a man of God. He needs some time, if not indefinitely. Go in peace. 
and men, Devin. If anyone says that they love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Amen. He wasn't a believer. I am the believer. Yes, Samantha. So 1 Corinthians chapter 7. If you are with a believer, an unbeliever and you are trying to make it work, God tells you to focus on it. But if that unbeliever does something and, and, and you need to be safe, you are free from that. Um, but he does say he says that not the Lord. Yes, but I mean. This is Paul's opinion in this moment, but that's just Paul saying, not the Lord, but me. I trust Paul with the Holy Spirit in him. God would not allow these words to be in scripture if they didn't have some type of authority. Don't forget what kind of authority God gave the apostles. What did Jesus say to the apostles? Whatever you bind on earth, I will bind in heaven. And he told all of them that, not just Peter. He tells Peter that in Matthew 16. And in Matthew 18, he says that to all the apostles. I would strongly believe Matthew that he 18, also told 18, Paul yeah. that as well. So seeing that, I know Paul is saying, you know, I'm saying this, not the Lord. Well, what about, what do we know about Paul? He's not going to speak for the Lord if he doesn't think it's for the Lord. So Paul is clearly saying this from his own heart. However, the fact that it's in scripture, it's been preserved, and we know God gives authority to his apostles. I still take this as the word of God, even though Paul says, mm. not me, you know what I mean? I, I, I mean, not the Lord, just me, my opinion here. God, let that be in scripture. God, let, let this be here. Right. So do I believe in a God that actually preserved his word perfectly or do I believe in a God that uh, allowed an apostle to make an opinion that would be dangerous to you and me? If it's in there, yeah. I trust it. God allowed that because that's a dangerous if that's not approved by God. That's a really dangerous statement, especially during the time of these letters, because remember, during this time, people were just finding out about Jesus. So people were married to other pagans, pagan and pagan married. And one person finds out about Jesus in the marriage. This is really why this is so the, the main reason for this isn't about people getting unequally yoked. The real main reason, if we talk about the context here, is people coming to faith in a marriage with someone who doesn't come to faith and that person doesn't come to faith. Right. So we can uh, apply that today because you might not have come to faith until you were in your marriage, etc. But that was the original purpose. But I doubt Paul, I, I doubt the Lord would let Paul write something that's dangerous to our faith. Yeah. Um, Amen, man. I'm gonna have. I'm to gonna keep these headphones back. in. <laughs> I'm gonna have to email her back for sure because um, that's a deep question, and I want to talk to her one on one. Yeah. Come on. Where's the easy question where it's like, "Yo, bro, how did Noah find all them animals?" Actually, that's a hard question. I don't know. Um, they came to him because God called them. Yeah, um, I mean, there's. The there's a good one in the chat as well, Natalie. Uh, my husband says, oh, he, never mind. That's not the you one saw, saw it. Yeah. Um, again, it, the, the fruit, you just keep, you just keep loving. You just keep loving. And I know this sounds, this sounds so cliche and it sounds difficult to take in, but there people do not respond. Um, and this is what I say to people. Let's just picture, let's just picture this for a second. Jesus Christ comes to earth, walks into Jerusalem, and he's like, yo, you're all going to hell. Peace. Drops a mic, turns around and walks away. Like Jesus Christ's ministry, he spends far more time warning about the dangers of hell. He spends 80% of his ministry preaching about the dangers of eternal separation from God. 
and, and what the law means and how they have misconstrued and misunderstood the writings of Moses, how they have corrupted God's word to suit their own financial, their own gain, their own pockets, their own wealth, prosperity, station, whatever the case may be. Jesus addresses every part of it, yet he still shows them a way to return to him. He gives them the way. He says, here's the key. You, you merely have to take it, unlock the gate, and walk through it. So Christ presents everyone with an opportunity. And this is this is probably where, you know, a lot of people just, they can't wrap their heads around this. God has presented an out. He has said, you are going to pay. You are 100% going to be held accountable for each and every single one of these things that you have done. But Christ, Christ stepped in and said, I will take your place. I will take your place. I will be the mediator. I will be the sacrifice. I will spill my blood. And when we look at the, the crucifixion, when we look at the message of the cross, that's why this is of the utmost importance and everything else is secondary. The gospel is of the utmost importance in everything else secondary because it's always been about Jesus Christ from Genesis through to Revelation. It's always been about Jesus Christ. It's not a backup plan. It's not a B plan. It's not a somewhat somehow it's, it's always been about that. This was God's redemptive plan from inception. Wrap your head around that. I just yawned with my mouth closed. So now my eyes are watery. <laughs> oh okay um yeah uh, i mean <laughs> you you yeah that's the tough one what's that movie um a case for christ that wife's pain in that movie it because it's based on a true story and she's the believer and her husband is like anti-christian and you can see the yeah, pain yeah, uh, yeah. in that story Lee. um man love yeah love is the love is the 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 pinnacle of what you need to aim for um mm. Did you want to, do you want to, we getting a lot of questions in the comment section. Do you want to shift to the comment section a little bit, or do you want me to keep going with emails? Yeah, we've got 20 minutes left. So yeah, maybe let's just address the, the comments in the chat because 150 people on here. God bless each and every single one of you. Thanks for being here. Remember to like and subscribe. Oftentimes we, we forget to mention this. Uh, I don't, I haven't mentioned it. Have you mentioned it? I haven't mentioned it. So please like and subscribe. Uh, please share this with any of your unbelieving friends or family. Um, and hopefully the seeds that are planted will take root. God says to dress modestly. And sometimes I'm having a hard time understanding it because I feel like wearing pants as a female is a sin. And I just feel terrible and confused and bad. Uh, I wish we had one of our sisters in Christ up here to have a conversation. I can tell you this this much that dress modesty is a is a focus on the culture as well. So you need to understand that, right? So some cultures, modest is different than other cultures modest is. Um, so culturally is important. But I mean, you can wear pants. I promise you that. I don't know really how to answer that question. I, I'm not a woman, so I can. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we look at the when we look at the when we look at the context of of what Paul is saying to to the church in Corinth, yeah, when it comes to females wearing pants, you must understand we live. That was an age where this was an identification thing. 
So women did not wear pants so they could easily be identified in and amongst the crowd. Men didn't wear dresses so they could easily be identified in and amongst the crowd. Today, when we look at the masculine the, the the style of clothing men wear and the style of clothing female wear, there is literally a type of pants that is specifically for women. Um, for example, Mike's uh, Tenacia is in great shape. Uh, she wears uh, workout pants, tight leggings, whatever they're called, jeggings, whatever they are. Mike and I can't get into those pants even if we wanted to. It's never going to come off. It's not going to work. So the, the, the same... This wasn't the case then. So we look at the cultural context. This is why when we exegete and we use hermeneutics, we look at cultural context. The same reason why Paul addresses the eating of things, uh, braided hair, for example. Um, women have braided hair today uh, because they are mostly in your African-American culture. They have braided hair. Is it a sin for them to have braided hair? No. But why was it in that time? Because of the identification. So Christians were called to stand out and be different. So this was an easy way to identify your brothers and sisters in Christ rather than saying, don't do this because it's a sin. So this is also why we look at the, the 613 ordinances that, that were given to the Jews and why we are no longer bound by the ceremonial or sacrificial laws. Because Number one, we don't have a temple. And number two, if you eat shrimp and bacon today, it's got absolutely nothing to do with your salvation. Hopefully that gives you a little bit of clarity. Amen. Um, so this question said, can you please explain how God is loving and forgiving, but sounds cruel in the Old Testament, such as Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21. But the interesting thing here is um, I think that a big problem here is based on how he's presented by people that don't really read the scripture. Because a lot of people can make this sound bad, but here, I'll pull it up for you. A rebellious son. See, immediately you want to think of a child. That's what you want to do. That's what I want to do. But let's read it. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and his mother should take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders of the city, this is our son. This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Pause. Does that sound like a child to you who is a glutton and a drunkard? It's not a child. This is a son that is grown, that is not doing anything, that is not listening, that is completely a waste of space. And remember, this is a much different time. We don't send our kids. They couldn't send their kid to juvie or this a young adult can't kick them out and do certain things the way we do it today. Right. So nowadays, if your 19 year old was a drunk and he was a, uh, a glutton eating all your food, drinking all your alcohol, what would you do? You kick him out. That's what we would do. You got to go. Right. Well, back then, they, <laughs> the Jewish community is much different. They have elders. They have patriarchs. They come together. This is actually why America struggles so much, because we don't have community. You know, the whole saying like uh, it takes a community to raise a village to raise a child. People were involved with each other's families. Did you know the purpose of a wedding ceremony was to be like, all right, everybody, here's the new couple. We're going to be there to support them. If they bring children into the world, we're going to support those children. Like that's a, a purpose of the communities back then. So this, this is not a cruel God. This is a God saying, all right, here's how you handle this, this, this person. And guess what? We still today deal with kids like this. I mean, I'm never going to deal with kids like this because I'm going to raise my kids right. But some people still deal with kids like this. 
Matter of fact, I probably got some followers that are this. I'm just being honest with you. Statistically here, mm, mm. some 30-year-olds that still live with their mom. Tell me that. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's happening. And here's, here's something I want to have to point out because we're busy with this study on Discord. I'm doing a, a Saturday, Saturday night study on why we can trust the Bible. And this is just another reason on why we can trust the Bible. So there is a very important thing that you have to realize as a Christian, especially as a baby Christian, not everything that is described in God's word is prescribed by God himself. This is the, the common people hear something. Oh, like Cain and Abel, for example, God did not want Cain to kill Abel. This, 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 this wasn't the plan. He didn't want him to kill his own brother, but it is truthful in the way it describes it. God did not want David to murder his friend and take his wife Bathsheba and have a son with her. That's not the that's not prescribed by God, but it is accurately described in God's word. So when we look at the truthfulness, God doesn't omit anything. God doesn't omit anything. And we've I've, I've covered this briefly in the study as well. But when we look at Egyptian history, Greek history, Roman history, if they lost a battle, if they lost a war, if a king was corrupt, whatever the case may be, they would simply strip it from history as if it never happened. The Bible does not do that. It gives us everything accurately and truthfully. Even with Samson, Samson had many ordinances and commands to follow. People think it was just not cut your hair. Samson was told many things by God. He disobeyed everything God said not to do. He was told not to eat, touch dead corpses. He, he did. He was told not to eat unclean. He did. He was told not to spend time with women. He did. Everything Samson was told not to do. He literally went and did. So again, when we look at the description, the way it is described in the Bible doesn't mean it is prescribed by God the Father. So a lot of people look at something like this and they go, okay, so this is the type of God there is. No, this is not God's intention. Again, these are rules, Jewish traditions, Jewish customs that were passed down. And at the end of the day, we saw how far north the Jews went with their ordinances and stuff. This is why Paul even warns us in Colossians not to follow man-made ordinances, not to listen to the ordinances of men, but to follow Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and to add on to that real quick, we also need to understand something. And again, this is a big problem that I see from people that try to uh, speak about um, uh, uh, the Old Testament. They try to take 2023 logic based on our 2023 lifestyles and then run back to negative, you know, 5,000 BC here and be like, well, why is God saying to how to treat a slave? Well, they didn't have prisons back then, right? I ask people all the time, is prisons not modern day slavery? These people go to jail. They have to eat when you tell them to eat, sleep when you tell them to sleep, poop when they tell them to poop. Like you don't have a freedom. You can't leave. You do this. What do we, what do we, who are they? They're criminals and we have to put them somewhere. What, what qualified as a slave in the old Testament, either someone who sold themselves into slavery, which was servitude. And the Bible says that you can only keep them for six years. You got to get rid of them on year seven. Can't force them to stay. If they want to stay, you got to let them stay. And then, then it talks about, you cannot kidnap a slave. 
So it's not talking about chattel slavery, like what we see from the African-Americans. It then talks about the types of slaves of other of your enemies, basically the foreigners, the enemies. And that's what the criminals are, your war criminals, the people that you fought against, that you took over and, and there's leftovers. What do you just say? Oh, you know what? Please don't slice my throat in my sleep. Get out of here, kid. Like you got to put them somewhere. You got to put murderers somewhere. You got to put the enemy somewhere. We we have prisons built for that. They didn't, right? So it's actually not that mind-blowing when you actually sit down and think about that, right? It's not that crazy. Um, JD, I saw this question in the comments a, a couple times, so I know he was really trying to ask it. Mm, and um, mm, mm. this is one of those ones that a lot of people have some mixed, uh, mixed opinions on because the word of God can be looked at and you can see some stuff in there that might lead you to believe that there's never a reason and then also that there is. I believe as men of God, we were created to protect women and children. So I Amen. do believe that we have the right to protect women and children, women and children. And in doing so, if someone's life is taken, then someone's life is taken. Never, never the Amen. intent. You're not trying to end a life, but if it happens, it happens. Um, and I know that women that I've met in, in the Christian faith often push back on this. And I think it's because they're not commanded to do that in scripture. So they probably don't receive that from the Holy Spirit. Now, Mm -hmm. If I get if I get snatched up and someone's just doing it to me, and and my faith is a part of this, not like a a a, a, a just a thug trying to rob me, but like somebody is persecuting me, then I accept it willfully. Right? We see the turn the other cheek. I don't believe that turn the other cheek was about mm -mm. Uh, uh, about someone disrespecting my wife and hitting my wife. Hey, bro, disrespecting me as far as my faith, like you Christian, smack. Okay, do it again. Right. Smack. Mm, because mm, look at Jesus. Mm. He took the punishment and did that. But at the same time, he's going to return in a certain way. Right. I don't know. It, it, this sounds people have yeah. mixed emotions. And, uh, about this, this is a this is a good one, because, yeah, again, this is this is this is this is this is something that is butchered and pulled out of context all the live long day. As as Vody says, the turn the other cheek simply this has got absolutely nothing to do with a physical onslaught if someone walks into my house and hits my wife i'm gonna be like come on baby give him the other one come around turn your face let him smack you on the other side no absolutely not we are called in ephesians 6 it says husband loves your wives as as, as christ loved the church christ gave his life for her so i will give my life for my wife i will then laid down my life for my wife so again uh matthew when it's talking about turning the other cheek again this is with disputes with regards to disputes and it this is confirmed in second timothy 2 16 when it tells us not to get involved in um profane and vain babblings that lead to ungodliness we turn the other cheek or digress from a situation when it comes where we we're not going to get anywhere if that person is already set in their ways and they've already made up their mind what they believe, then we turn the other cheek and walk away. We dust our feet. This is what Jesus is talking about in its context, in its truest context. I saw this comment yeah. as well. Vian, um, uh, Seventh-day Adventist. That I feel like my doctrine is wrong. Can you help? I, I, I think JD's about to give you a great answer, but I would say, I'm not trying to do a marketing pitch. Subscribe and hang out with us and just hang out with us yeah. and come yeah. back on Mondays and yeah. Wednesdays. Check because... There's a lot to it because the Seventh-day Adventists, you're right, they, they're, it's wrong. There's things in there that are cultish. And if you dig deep into how it was founded, it actually starts getting really creepy. Um, but go ahead, JD. 
Yeah, uh, Vian van Vieren. He looks that's that's that looks like he's South African. Looks like he's from. You uh, said that Ma- name with Monica me. Yeah, Vian van Vieren. Like soos a Suid-Afrikaanse broer. Hy like soos a Suid-Afrikaanse broer. Van 146 mense wat nou kyk. Um, julle gaan nie verstaan wat ek sê nie, maar ek voel vir julle allemaal sê, ek is bitter baie lief vir julle in Jesus Christus. My broers en sisters in Jesus Christus. So there you go, that's a quick quick Afrikaans uh, breakdown for you. Yahuahamahashua, <laughs> brother. Get it right, bro. Get it right. <laughs> but uh, no, on a serious note, though, to that brother, uh, seriously, uh, why do other Christians not celebrate the Sabbath? We we don't not celebrate the Sabbath. It's just that certain groups try and make it seem like we don't because we don't do it the legalistic way that the Jews do. Yeah. And there's a reason why Jesus yeah. rebuked the Jews because they treated it as if the Sabbath was this holy thing that man was made to serve. Jesus said, no, it's made for you. It was made for you. Everything made for you is a foreshadow. And I've got videos on it. I'd love to talk to you about that. Um, um, and that's, I would love for you to join the Discord server, hang out with us, be yeah. a part of this. Um, and and it's, it's a lot more than we can just talk about in, in a small Q&A. Uh, Courtney, I saw your comment and I wanted to answer it because you can ask this here. You can ask any question here. You said, why yeah, is the Bible mainly one. about and for men, so little for and about women? He's given me so much understanding, but I'm stuck on that. So there's a couple of things I want to point out here. Number one, if you really look, there's actually, there is a lot about women, right? Um, now, they're not always the main focus or the main protagonist, but every book of the Bible has very important women in it. Um, now, as far as why the instructions are often towards men, the truth be it, and this, this goes down to what the order and roles of a man are. God so men were, yeah. were given certain commands to take care of the, the earth and our wives and our families. So these instructions are given to men because we're supposed to uphold these instructions and take care of you. Now you still have access to the instructions so that you know if we're lying about things or if we're misleading you, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not that the Bible is not for you or anything like that. It's just that it has instructions for men more so because of our role that God has placed us in. It doesn't make us better than anybody. It doesn't make us more important than anybody. There's incredible parts of the Bible that glorify how incredible women are, that lift women up. I mean, Sarah is called our mother by Paul. Paul goes out the way to make sure he knows like Sarah is the mother of the of of you, the people, uh, the free people. Right. Yeah. Um, there's all types of great. Uh, ready for this? They let women be the first ones to find Jesus. They didn't let women, but I'm saying they chose to write it down. JD was talking earlier about mm-hmm. how the Bible doesn't lie. Right. It just tells you stuff that wouldn't be accepted normally. You and I don't get our hair standing up at this. But back then, a woman being the first to see the risen Christ, her testimony means nothing. She's a woman. Who cares mm-hmm. what this woman says? But Jesus didn't care. And the authors didn't care. They wrote it down. It was a woman. Mary of Magdalene is who, or Magdalene, however you pronounce it, is the one who saw him. Um, Priscilla. Priscilla is one of the reasons we have the church today. Her and her husband, one of the greatest couples in biblical history, not talked about enough. Aquila and Priscilla. They are the ones that like literally helped build the church. If it wasn't for them, Paul fails his mission, right? I can go throughout the Old Testament to some incredible women. The point I want you to understand is it's not heavily towards men. 
The point is that yeah. it just falls in suit to the fact that instructions are given to men so that we can properly lead our families, which includes the women. And that's just how it is biblically. Yeah. And I just want to add, I just want to add to this, everything Mark said, I agree with. Um, moreover, the fact that it is mainly about uh, and for men is, is completely false. If we look at, if we look at Christ's earthly ministry, look at Jesus Christ with the, the woman of Samaria, look at uh, how he handles the, the woman at the well, look at how he treats Mary Magdalene, the reverence he has for his own mother. We, we see Luke's gospel is actually a very beautiful gospel where Luke actually uses predominantly Christ's accounts with women and his healings, his miracles, and, and the conversations that go down. If we look at Luke's gospel, we see Christ's um, abundant love towards women. Remember, in the body of Christ, as we see in Galatians as well, there is no more Jew, no more Greek, no more male, no more female. In the spiritual sense, we're all one and equal in Christ. Um, the male headship thing is, is pertaining to the flesh and the order of God. Remember, man didn't design marriage. We didn't wake up one day and go, oh, this would be a good idea. Maybe we should take a woman and make her our wives. No, marriage was given by God. It is ordained by God. The woman, the, the female being the partner of the man was God's idea. It wasn't our idea. God didn't go, uh, Adam didn't sit in the garden and go, Ooh, let me think of a something cool. Uh, oh, God, by the way, could you make me a partner? No, God saw and God saw that it was good. God ordained it, God breathed it, God gave it. So, this is what we always go back to. Um, and again, if you've if you've looked at it from that from that sense, I would I would really suggest that you again deconstruct from that view and and look at it, uh, put down what you have learned and and weigh up the evidence so uh for this one uh i'll let jd speak let me let give him a moment to collect his breath for this one because he's going to have an opinion on this uh it looks like he understood exactly what you said uh because he said thank you sir right um um vian von Vuren. i can't even do that properly um you said run so we have two podcasts that I highly, Tina, if you really care about this, we have a podcast that we did recently labeled Fivefold Liars. We also have a podcast that was several months ago called um, Many Will Say Lord, Lord. And we talked about it. Now, am I saying all Christians in the fivefold ministry churches are not? No, I'm not saying that. I don't judge people by their denomination, but I do judge denominations. I do judge doctrines. So I can't say anything about the people of that specific church you're being called to. It might be filled with amazing people who love God, truly. So don't think I'm saying that. Because yeah. you might be in here like, Mike, I'm Pentecostal. I love you. But the doctrine yeah, of you, these five-fold churches and these Pentecostal churches are oftentimes very muddy. If you want to, like, if you name a heresy, you can find it in that denomination. Oneness, you'll find mm. it over there. People that use mm. uh, that abuse the Holy Spirit or make or or disrespect the Holy Spirit with their doctrine, you can find it over there. People that believe in a workspace gospel, you can find it over there. People that believe you can lose your salvation, you can find it over there. You can find all of it in that one denomination, and that should be enough for me, at least, to say I I can't I know nope nope nope. So that was my opinion. Yeah, and uh, again. <laughs> Five, five fold ministries when I see that and I'm like you know as I open up with run uh, and this is not against the congregation itself this is against those behind the pulpit um 
because they're isogeating the text, they're reading into the text their own feelings, their own emotions, and they're giving private interpretation. We can't, I can't take Matthew 18 and give my own take on it because that's the way I feel it should be read. That's not how it works. This is why Mike and myself studied theology so that you can learn how to read the text correctly. You don't just get to, and and, and we've we've done this, Mike and I've done this. You don't open Harry Potter halfway through, read two sentences and go, oh, so that's that's it. The fact that um, you use Harry Potter as, as an example, clip it. Somebody clip it. JD preaches witchcraft, <laughs> and he's a Satanist. <laughs> so, so again, uh, you know, I would, I would. Uh, the exact reason I don't go to church right now, I was first saved in Pentecostal. I'm not. Uh, and then she says, I am not okay with the abuse and competitive jealousy. Absolutely, Tina. And again, you, you ask. We, we saw. I saw another. Uh, another comment about asking what denomination is safe again if you it, it's not about denominations uh, you have to find a church that preaches the bible um where it isn't about the music and the smoke and the lights and about all of these things nothing wrong with praise and worship but ultimately the the church should be centered on scripture and not everything else shouldn't be centered on giving tithes and offerings shouldn't be centered on loud music and and two hours of sessions of worship and so, and then yeah. one yeah. scripture is, it, it, it should be focused oh, on the Bible. It should be focused on scripture. That yeah, Church, let, let me just talk to y'all real quickly about what church is. Church is not the place where you go to feel good about yourself, okay? Church is not about what you need to get through the week uh, at work and, and what you need about your financial issues or your stressors in life. People have turned church to a once a week motivational speech. Once a week, come in here. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to pump you up. I'm going to find something in the Bible perfectly for you. And, and JD and I've talked about this in our Bible reading series. They like to go to all the main events in the Bible, but they skip the journey between because what connects all the parts of these, of the Bible is the journey between and the journey between is boring. Sometimes it is. Let's just be honest. Mm. The road yeah. the path is boring sometimes, but if you're always chasing the, the location, you'll never enjoy the journey. We got to focus on the journey throughout scriptures. We have to uh, focus on the journey of knowing who God is. It's not about dancing. Don't, don't get me wrong. Can you worship God any way you want? Absolutely. But I've been to churches where it's like an hour in and we ain't talk about the scripture yet. And then we talk about the scripture and then an hour of some more worship. And, and, and no, I can't. I, I refuse because that, that serves me nothing. Church is not meant to be the place where I, I do all my worship. And that's why I feel the need to get it all out here. I'm a Christian seven days a week. Church is where I go and just worship God and listen to the word of God and learn and grow and get filled back up spiritually for the week spiritually. It's about this week. I'm going to be a Christian again. Right? So I, I like the church to pour into me because I pour out all week. That's why I love church. I mean, I love it. I don't know how to really explain it other than that. Um, people always ask me, mm. should I go to church? Like, yeah, you should. I'm not saying you have to or else you're not saved. We're never going to say that. It's not true. You should. You should yeah. find a church home. But, Tina, I, I would never tell you to just be like, I need a church so bad that I got to go there. No. If, it's, if that's all that you have an opportunity for, then it's smart that you're taking your time and being cautious because – it's very easy to go somewhere and then fall into the trick that they use. 
And there's a trick that they use. They use certain types of music, certain, certain types of lighting, certain types of effects that just, I mean, look at a Beyonce concert. Why does a Beyonce concert look the same as some of these churches? Because they're playing to the yeah. same senses. They're triggering the same endorphins, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, buddy. That is the truth. That is the truth. Yeah, we got. Uh, I'm out of time, but this this is good. Oh, it is. <laughs> this it's is good. An hour and a half. Yeah, it's time for us to go. Look at that, right on time, guys. We appreciate you hanging out with us. We know that you, uh, uh, you, uh, you guys are always tuning in, and we truly appreciate that. We got 157 people in here, and that's a, that's a new high. I think we're normally at like 120 lately. Um, Exodus is consi- <laughs> we're, we're starting Exodus this week. Yeah, we're starting tonight. Well, yeah, for you later. tonight. For, for me, me tonight, tomorrow for you in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tomorrow afternoon That's for correct. me, for you tonight. Okay. Correct. Um, yes, so sir. we are starting at Exodus. So that means this Friday, 8 a.m., we're going to have a Bible reading uploaded. If you have not caught up yet, this is your time. We have read through the entire book of Genesis. We're going into Exodus. Things are going to get a lot more interesting because in Genesis, in Genesis, it's up and down like this. It's my email. My email's still on, so it keeps beeping. Oh. Um, <laughs> Genesis has a lot of ups and downs. There's moments where you're like, and now we're going to talk about the generations of this person, and then this person, and then this person. Um, Exodus, we're going to get some good meat right off the rip. Uh, it's going to be a great, Amen. great, great month, great year, however long it takes to get through Exodus. As always, thank you guys for joining <laughs> us. We appreciate you greatly. Um, I saw that you added this on the screen did you want to answer this before you go or did i put that there i don't think i put it there you yeah you did i didn't touch it oh i I accidentally clicked on it i apologize uh well now that we did any good authors that shine more light about faith Uh, oh man there's so many what are you currently reading jd uh let's i would suggest timothy keller making sense of god Timothy Keller's book, Making Sense of God. That's a that's a good book uh, about faith, and uh, it's good for apologetics and answering reasonable questions about who God is and how God can be outside of space, time, and matter and create us within it. So Making Sense of God, Timothy Keller, good book. Read that. Amen. That's what we needed to hear. With that being said, guys, we appreciate you being here. Make sure you're back Monday, I mean, uh, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central, where we're going to be back to the thing of doing episodes that aren't Q&A. Um, uh, and, and honestly, I think I have something planned. We'll, we'll announce it in the next day or two once we lock it in on what we're going to be talking about. But, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys as always. God bless and go in peace. Amen. Love you guys. Peace out.